We are going to have the discussion related to money. How does Woo! Al Bundy pay for his house? How does does he pay insurance on his Dodge or even fill it up with gas for ching, that matter? Ching, ching. <laughs> so we are going to be looking into this and how much does Al Bundy owe everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the incredible poor, 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 poor Mr. Al Bundy with his two-car garage and his beautiful house. And in the terrible neighborhood of <laughs> suburbia, that he somehow it is, it is one of the great mysteries of television up there with how come the professor so couldn't fix the boat or <laughs> even though he could call the radio. <laughs> I mean, at least in Roseanne, like Dan did carpeting, carpentry, and, Ro- and Roseanne was always working, so there was two incomes. Because <laughs> Russell is new to the, the dog got better uh, round table. And maybe you could tell us about your married with children experience. How did you get involved with the show and the podcast? Uh, tell us your story. Oh, wow. I got into it back around season mm-hmm. 10 or season 11. I remember vivid memories of watching the spring break two-part episode. And <laughs> That's a good one. The one where Alan Jefferson go to the lodge, but um, what's her face? <laughs> has reservations for it instead of Shannon Tweed. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And then how I got into the podcast, it was before Jamie and Dan got involved. And I was just was just searching for podcasts. I was getting into wrestling podcasts at the time. Then I decided mm-hmm. to search Married with Children, and all of a sudden this came up. And exactly. It gets me through my work day, and it gets me through my days off. So... I'm loving it. That's good. All righty. Well, uh, well, Russell, um, we're happy to have you here. This, that's what this roundtable is all about, getting the podcast, getting the community that our great crew, uh, Alex and uh, Jamie and Dan and Jerry and all the others who have like helped out for us. And we're just trying to, you know, you know, spread the word even more with this. And uh, Stephen, today we're talking about something that – the Bundys don't have at all of, or barely any of. Money. I hope to have a lot of someday. Money, but probably money, won't. money. And money. that is money, 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 yeah, money. Yeah, after money. I win the lottery. <laughs> so yeah, we got a lot to talk about with uh, money and the Bundys, like uh, uh, so much. You know, the idea of actually raising two two children in in a household like this. Um, what what a person's annual average income might be how the the weird pricing because the show's so old is like changed now uh where would where would you guys like to start uh russell where would you like to start money quite wise? less than minimum wage as a shoe salesman excuse me russell <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, homemaking is a job even though you don't get paid for it <laughs> hey all the cooking oh, exactly. well, okay. all the all the clean uh, no, right. remember we i mean all the attention we are not disgracing be. other women we're mm. just disgracing peggy here <laughs> I retract my statement. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't get paid for it. Yes, Al's the only one working in this household. I guess Kelly might be working. No. One would uh, think. But no, she, you would no, think, no, yes. No. She, she's doing that for fun, right? So I'm assuming she does get paid in food and concert tickets. <laughs> With uh, Peggy. 
I mean, she's always getting her hair done as well. And then you got to look at the kids. How did they survive without money? Oh, yeah. Like, the, oh, yeah. they do a good job making the kids look completely malnourished so many times. <laughs> Kelly just looks like a hooker off the street sometimes for, and plays double meanings and explains a lot of their The only thing I can think of is their friends, <laughs> possibly behind scenes and outdoors that we don't see on camera and I'm sure they get fed that way but other than that well I do want to talk about one thing and that is the house that they live in it is a gorgeous house however yeah it's a, a house that never oh, seems to need house. repairs oh my never seems to be God, updated. I want that house Ugh. it's an amazing house well, they have had to have repairs. Al had to fix the roof when it was raining one time. What I did was I kind of looked at housing uh, for a three-bedroom, two-story house. And uh, the average um, cost now is $200,000. But in 1972, oh, let's just say that because I, I think that was a year about Kelly was born. Maybe it was in the 60s. I don't know. But back then... The average cost of a house then was thirty one thousand six hundred. No, that sounds about right. Seventy two. Yeah. Oh yeah, God mine too. Damn. About twice as much. My salary is higher than Well, it's not big bucks. I would have to work two jobs to make that. <laughs> oh yeah. damn, Mr. Big Bucks here. <laughs> but anyway, so hey, it's and you have to remember me. the cost of living has gone up <laughs> since then, obviously. But uh, even by eighty standards. You know, you'd think they would, um, they found ways to find money here and there. Oh, yeah. And Al, like, is, we, we, we forget, like, okay, Al was like, what, 37 yeah. when the show I started? I think he was supposed to be in his 30s. Uh, that's what he was supposed uh, to be. Like in the late 30s. They've hinted a lot. Early that, 40s. That it was a shotgun wedding. We were going to go like early 30s. That means Al was probably born early 60s, possibly late 50s. That means he's lived through so many recessions, economic crises. Their families definitely grew up during the Depression. So they represent a type of, you know, generation that is like, unless our listeners that are listening to us now are, well, you know, have been a 30 yeah. plus old. He's a boomer. <laughs> I did a lot of study on the generations when I was uh, going to seminary. You know, the people, Gen X was born from 1960, about 1965 or 64 to 65 up until 1979. It was a decline in uh, births during that period. 1995. Wait, 1979? Wait, so are you telling me anybody was born that would be, from 1980 to... Yeah, they do. They go from roughly 1981 yeah. to 2000. To Roughly. And the theory goes every five generations, a big Jesus, great tragedy happens that brings, a, wow. that brings a, a generation together oh, to solve wow. pro major problems. Uh, the boomers didn't solve the problem. The problem was, uh, was solved by the silent generation and the GI generation because they had to come together during two crises, World War II and the Great Depression. Mm. The silent generation? That's what you'd be calling yeah. them? Yeah. The GI generation <laughs> makes the sacrifices. The silent generations build great institutions, and they want something better for their kids. And then the baby boomers came along. And, and by the way, I'm not knocking one generation over another one. All generations have their pluses and minuses. 
Of course. Yeah. Right. Now that was one thing that always kind of made me wonder about Kelly Bundy and uh, Bud because yeah. they would be Generation X. But yeah. Kelly would remember the disco generation. Yeah. Bud would. That's right. Yeah. That's a weird thing to think but about. I remember right? there was an episode. In fact, I think it was on within the last couple of nights or days I was watching it in which Bud was trying to tutor Kelly. And he taught her the Jefferson's theme song, and he convinced her it was about Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and then, no. and then wasn't about, it the re- same episode where he taught her the Gilligan? Yeah, that's the same one. He's trying to teach her about Robinson Crusoe. Wow. You would think a Generation Xer would know those two things. <laughs> Russell, we are the last group of generations that would even understand what Gilligan's Island is. I never watched one millisecond of the show, but I knew what it was, and I knew the right. Had to know the theme song, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Al's salary. <laughs> A whole nickel. <laughs> so two dollars. I think four dollars for his paycheck, and I'm guessing he gets paid biweekly, like most people. Four dollars. He flat out says that, son. I'm giving you. Four dollars. Oh, Dad, your whole paycheck. And he's like, "It's all for you, son." And they never play it as it's a joke. So I'm thinking that might be canon right there. Um, so he gets four dollars for his entire paycheck. I think they were. I think they were using hyperbole there, you know, because the minimum wage at that time was about four dollars an hour, like four dollars and ten cents an hour. I think. You didn't see the except shoes shoe salesman. No, <laughs> somebody has to. Somebody has to be left in the drag. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was another episode where they said that he was making like either two dollars an hour or less, like about a dollar seventy-five an hour. Oh, they were dollar. looking. Oh no, no, no! A peg was look. They were reading a book that Bud had about like uh, the lowest salaries on the planet. And uh, wow, a ditch digger in Alcapoco makes le- makes more money than your father, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think there was another one when Al was looking at someone looking at in the computer. Bud was helping him to find someone more useless than a shoe salesman. And Peggy Spector oh, came up. <laughs> that was a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> And she was oh my god, she was so mad so about great. that, yeah. But then you got to think of all the other amenities that they have. You know, of course, Peggy doesn't buy food. About the only time they have food is when they had that big event, and uh, you'll shop around. <laughs> that so and one I have college try a couple episodes from the podcast ago. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. When they robbed Bud Bundy's grand dry out of the bank. Uh, th- thank you for saying that, Russell. You used the R word. How much of the what the Bundys own is stolen or robbed? What like these guys, th- their whole family and when they start getting the tee-hee face together and start just going to town on people's goodwill and fortune, like, I don't know if either of you two seen the movie Parasite that won all the awards. Not yet, no. Oh, my God. Okay, so I can't say anything because I don't want to spoil the ending or anything to this movie. Any listeners who are listening to this podcast right now, if you've seen Parasite, how the hell were you not immediately thinking about the Bundys? When you were seeing this family, 
it's very very similar like i i oh i wish one of you had seen it so i could mention yeah. it oh but no it's it's very interesting how they like oh man we're, oh someone someone invited us over for dinner okay we're gonna clean these people out while we're there shamelessly well the other night i was watching eating out and they get to that fancy restaurant and peggy says you know what to do kids and they start putting all that silverware like in their pockets and stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, even the kids are just geared towards that mentality we'll plunder Mm -hmm. it from somebody else and make it our own or even when their relatives die they go over to their house and just Make with what do like yeah. coats, oh my god, I love rings, it. Gold teeth. No, and you know there's your dad's yellow teeth. <laughs> and there, there's a class structure in Married with Children where we always see the Bundys as the lowest bottom rung of of society. But when like Peggy's family comes to visit, we see elements Even of, like, lower. pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it, because when they're like, oh, hey, there's your dog. Hi, get away from him. He's not for eating. Uh-huh. That's not what a, uh, that's not what people at the bottom say. Sorry, anybody's up for fair game. First the animals that don't talk, then we work to the animals that do talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Sure, redneck. Al would probably taste terrible. It'd be a terrible meal. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> it's just, uh, and then there are the times when they do have someone super rich in there. They're a jerk. If you look at Steve and Marcy, and even Jefferson and Marcy, there can be jerks. They think yeah, they better than the sometimes book. look down at them so much. Sometimes. They take glee in their misfortune. They're like, Gee, it must be really cold over in that house without with their heat being turned off. Yeah, they're probably freezing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, legit conversations like that. <laughs> Take shots at the Dodge so much while she has a BMW or a Mercedes. Yeah, or Steve has a Mercedes. And, you know, and that was something. And people exist like that in real life. But they, do. they come over to rub it in their face. Hey Al, I just I just had to come over to tell you how piece of shit your dodge is. Like, oh, could you imagine that? Either you guys coming home, your neighbor knocks on the door. Hey, Steven, I just had to come over, man. Just remind you, you got a piece of shit of a car, man. <laughs> and we're saying that. that. Oh, hey, I just yeah. saw the garbage man <laughs> taking your car away. <laughs> you know what's funny? I have a good friend of mine who who is a he's a retired police officer now. And if you lived in Tulsa, you would know the north side is the poor, dilapidated side, and the west side to a certain extent. Uh, and uh, Pat said it very clearly. He said actually the worst part place to pull someone over was in South Tulsa, the rich side. Their usual attitude was, "Well, my taxes pay your salary." Let me tell you, you're going to get a ticket from a cop if you say that to him. Homer Simpson taught me that when I was like eight years mm-hmm. old. Like, hmm, let me show you what else your salary pays for. And they throw him in the freaking jail cell. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I'm and I'm not bashing, you know, the rich or anything like that. But, I mean, there are plenty of poor people who act like the world is just out for them. It's, you know, it's the way people are. 
unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But and you know, like it's always been a problem with you know uh, the the equity in, of this country and who has what and who doesn't. And that's why I think Married with Children is really good because it. It, it just goes to the extreme in every essence. So you can't really attack it and you can just take pleasure in it. Like one of the things that they do so artistically is to show how close this family is to starving all the time. And we laugh at it so much is anytime there's ever food. I always think it's just Al, but only recently have I been rewatching them. I've noticed it's the, all the Bundys, they eat like pigs. Al is way louder, but the kids are doing it too, and so is Peggy. Like they're eating not like unmannered people; they're eating like people, like feral people, yeah. like people who haven't eaten in a long time. Like I got to get it in my mouth quickly because I don't know what will happen if I don't really quickly. In my you know, and it's just, you know, voracious is how you want to put it when they make those noises mm-hmm. and everything. I always thought one of the funniest scenes was when Al was finally eating because Pete came over. About yeah, his, okay, uh, it was Pete. Yeah, yes. you, Pete, the gay guy. I was remembering yeah. this. <laughs> when he says, like, pass the butter, he's mm-hmm. like. Oh, I like to see a man eating, you know. <laughs> You didn't have any bowls, so I had to use the dog bowl. Oh, but it has my name on it. <laughs> Gee, I feel really giddy nowadays. Must be from all this darn eating. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. And that's the thing when Al's happy. I-, I thought one of the best lines ever was when Al. It was in that same episode. It was at the beginning. Al said to Peg, "Peg, I want I just saw that newlywed couple down the street. I picked in their home. You know what they were? I, I want to do what they were doing." And she says, "Oh, baby." What were they doing? And he said, they were eating. They were eating. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite um, Al is like uh, not going to ever have food line is one that I messed up and I almost got to use recently. Um, I was over at a friend's house and I was helping her fix some stuff and I lifted her couch up by myself and she's like, wow, that's really heavy. Have you been working out? <laughs> and I all I could have said it, but I didn't. No, nah, I barely eat. Yeah. Right? Or something. <laughs> that like... Yeah, that was that, that was when he went to the beach, like the beach. Yeah. And that Degarmo woman was, you know, tempting him. And uh, she says, Al, oh, you look great. You still work out? Oh, I barely eat. <laughs> Yeah, barely. He says it so nonchalantly too. Like, yeah. Yeah, barely. And I just, dude, the beach episode is the best, only for that like scene of him getting ready, putting the Bud beer hat on him, <laughs> and just pushing it down, and just looking like just such a slobbing American man. It's it. He's so happy with himself. I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> And then um, in, you were talking about, and then there are other things like uh, in Tooth or Consequences. One of the things they had to do, that uh, Alan Pegg were doing, were checking the kids' teeth. You know, that was their yeah. dental, ex- you know. Yeah. With flashlights. Yeah. yeah. They had the flashlights. <laughs> if you really look at it, you really realize that's really awful. Um I think I mentioned this the last time is that I had this uh, class in college called film and comedy and comedy usually 
is about ugly things, if you think about it. It just depends upon how it's played. You know, for example, mm-hmm. if a guy slips on a banana peel from a faraway angle, it's hilarious. You put that camera close on his face and you see the pain, it's not. Huh. Unless it's no. Al. Unless it's yeah, Al, yeah, then it's still, still funny. <laughs> I want to see those bones break. <laughs> we'll see him in his full body cast. Oh, my God. Bones break. Oh, man. Okay. What happens to one of us if we twist our ankle and we have to go to the hospital and we have to get a splint and we have to get seen by a doctor, maybe even an ambulance ride? I don't know about you, but that means I'm not doing anything fun for the next year because I'm paying those medical bills off. Yeah. Al was in a full bloody body cast. In more like... than one episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least two. I can think of two off the top of my head. He's been electrocuted. Yeah. Like, many Fell times. off the roof multiple episodes. Thrown out of an airplane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, wait, that was Santa Claus. Um... <laughs> <laughs> if you're not getting these references, uh, audience listeners, you're going to have to check out more of this show because everything we're saying happened in this show. You know, and the thing is, I remember there was one in which he was in a body cast. Uh, I think. But at the end, it said this would have been Al's uh, nurse, and it was a hot nurse. And then it said, but he didn't have any health insurance. Yep. <laughs> so they got so they got yeah. this one. However, <laughs> in reality, he probably would have gotten that nurse. He just would have been put on Medicaid. True. Uh, but still, it's kind of like. But yeah, how like do they medical payments? Yeah. Oh my god! Just like we were just talking about teeth. I mean, that's the easiest thing for people uh-huh. who are impoverished to, like, not look at. But um, let's see. How about we talk about... Oh, Al Bundy owing taxes. You know, I just did mine recently. Oh, and it was when Steve returned. He was done doing his taxes, and he was worried about the government taking everything he earned. $40. <laughs> <laughs> He's up forty dollars. I have to pay six hundred to the federal government. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of the wor- first place. How does he owe anything? <laughs> That's I think the joke, Stephen, <laughs> on the tax system that someone is that we got millionaires like getting out of tax loopholes, and you got a woman shoe salesman from Chicago who still owes forty bucks. Yeah. Now. With two kids. With two kids and a nagging wife. <laughs> like, kids should give you an immediate tax break. Yeah. Like, what the and Those tax breaks were available back during that time, too, so. Yeah. yeah. Remember on The Simpsons when Homer's doing his taxes? All right, Marge, if, you, if anybody asks, you were wounded in Vietnam, Lisa's a homeless person, Bart's six kids. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and something you mentioned the Simpsons. (laughs) I remember seeing this thing on Inside the Actor Studio when the guy, people who did the voices for the Simpsons were there. And somebody, yeah, it was really good, really fun to watch. You see these act, you know, they were not just voice people, they were actors getting into their character. But the thing that struck me was that they asked about uh, the class in uh, classes in um, Springfield, and someone pointed out, I never noticed this before. The middle class, everyone has an overbite. Middle class people have the le- less overbite. The more the richer they mm-hmm. are, the bigger overbite. The yeah, poorer they are. Yeah. That's, a, 
That's that's a direct reference to Right Out of Hell comics from uh, early Matt Groening's artistry. He always drew characters in overbite. Um, older seasons, you'll see animals will have the same overbite and everything, and uh, it, it's become a staple that. Like no one looks the same and as the Simpsons do in their no. world, so yeah, like it. I never noticed these things either until people like inside the studio pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed. I noticed that until you guys brought it up, and I have seen that episode just, but I've seen clips of it on YouTube. So I just remember him wrapping that tax return up with tape and just in a ball and throwing it in. It, yeah, it, you know what. Uh, you know what? I feel the same sense of calm and at ease as Homer did when he saw it go into the in pile as when I click e-sign on my H&R block taxes. Now I'm just like, all right, I probably fucked all of that up, but now it's Uncle Sam's problem to like go through it. <laughs> I will worry about this later now. I did my city. And remember duty. what Kelly said. <laughs> Nothing is worse than death in Texas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, she fucked that entire quote up, right? It's like, what's the actual quote? Um, uh, all things in life, uh, it, the only two things in life you can expect are death and taxes. Yeah, death and taxes, right? Benjamin Franklin. The Undertaker and the IR. And she called it death in Texas. <laughs> I recently read something that uh, Benjamin Franklin did a lot of his work in his home naked. Like, people would show up, and he would just answer the door, and he would be standing there butt-ass naked. He's like, it helps me think. I don't know why, but I just see him on a tree stump, with, on another tree stump, like, with his tax returns, butt-ass naked, like, going, oh, damn, why we even come to this new place? I don't know. <laughs> It's a it, it's a good care. My whole opinion of Benjamin Franklin changed when I found out that he was a nudist. I it just changed how He's I a big thought womanizer about the guy. too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's that fascinating. People me. are founding father. <laughs> really? <laughs> but uh, man, it um, so that's another aspect of money is taxes, property taxes. Where do they get the money to pay their property taxes? You know. Uh, and in multiple episodes, he says that he doesn't pay taxes, or that's why I don't pay taxes, or the FBI or the cops came to his house, and I don't pay taxes. I'm a f- high school football player. Or no, he expected to be exempted from taxes since he played high school. Right, football. right. And, and uh, one of my no. favorite quotes by Peggy was, hey, if we paid taxes, we'd be paying your salary. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh my god. There's a, not that many times married with children where they fuck around with money that actually gives me anxiety except one episode. And it was the episode with 1-800 Oh. The amount of money that he takes from Marcy for this stupid ass commercial and venture. I, it, it just it gives me it gives me so much anxiety. Like the, I can just see it. He owes more money than I do in my own like student loans. Well, you got not adjusted for well, inflation. Remember, remember, he uh, got the first fifty thousand from Steve, and he only needed yes. eighteen. 
Yes. And then he, wait. Okay, sorry. He gets the first 50000 from Steve. Then he gets another 50000 from From Marcy's bank. bank. And then another 50000 somehow from yeah. Marcy? Remember, Marcy said she was going to loan out 50000 to pay back the loan for, for, in Steve's bank. And Al's oh. philosophy was, <clears throat> we're not going to go on the whole owing 50000 We're going to go on the whole owing 100000 And he put more into the oh. shoe line. Oh. And I agree. That is so cringeworthy. It, it, it yeah. hurts. It, it it made the episode unenjoyable. Oh, that's one and, of my but favorites. I, you know what? Not no. It it is one of my favorites, and it's one of my favorites for that reason. That a a show that had already established how goofy and not serious it was made me take how serious that was with money. And I think they meant they knew that when they were uh-huh. writing it, like. We're going to make our audience feel like a little uncomfortable. And it made me uncomfortable because that's some real figures right there. Just just because you know people yeah. who do this stuff. I know people oh, me who have too. done that. And what I find for things just I, what I find stupid. interesting, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The class system, you know, that uh, shows that greed, you know, a lot of people just, you know, gripe about the rich being greedy. Greed goes across lines, all class lines. The mm-hmm. poor are just as greedy. But what I liked about this one, it showed that that Steve, just to get a thing to Hawaii, a trip to Hawaii, he owes Alice. Oh, that's the yeah. He yes. oh, that's why he owed him, gave him fifty thousand instead of eighteen. He gave him thirty two thousand more than what he really needed. Yeah, because I don't. And that's the thing. A normal television show that tried to do this that doesn't have the same kind of surrealism that they've established it with Married with Children, it would have made me mad because it would have told me the message is don't loan poor people money. They're just going to be dumb with it. However, we all know. Don't be like the Bundys. That's the yeah. point. You don't. You don't want to be Al Bundy. You don't want to be that dumb. And it was the whole thing was built on Steve. And I like how you reminded me of that. I uh, it yeah. comes right back. But it's still yeah. Hurts. Oh, because Steve oh. wanted to get you know get, go to Hawaii. I remember the episode where he had to trade in his car and. He came back with three or four different cars, and it's just amazing that he did it with so little income. Yeah, nothing down, and oh my obviously god, yeah, don't the magical sass. And obviously he's financing, and all of a sudden he just comes back with three or four different cars, and he still owes to this mm-hmm. day. You know, and he keeps saying like eighteen more payments or. 13 more payments, and this thing is mine. I mean, he's had that thing since he yeah. graduated high school. How is he mm-hmm. making payments on it? <laughs> you know, I do think the show has to be blamed for taking the believability thing too far. I remember the, the, the gang discussing how silly it was that Buck, the dog, would get a credit card and there's anybody at the household could just use it. That is way more believable than the terrible episode. Uh, funny, but terrible what they did. Using Bud's scholarship oh, yeah. money. How the hell did they get that scholarship money? Like, I had to go through a ass and a half to get my refund money. 
and it's mine. <laughs> Not to mention, how did Bud get his checkbook that quickly, too? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He got a checkbook before he got awarded the scholarship. Uh-huh. It's just... On a promise, I guess, that you just bring in the scholarship award paper, say, hey, I'm about to have this well, much money coming in. In all honesty, you know, quite often, it was a grant, I remember. And so he probably... Oh, he had a prob- check right there. Yeah. But nowadays, a check doesn't clear that quick. No, uh-uh. Especially actually, the, a brand nowadays. Back then, uh, actually, back then, Russell, um, a check unless it bounced. On nowadays, we immediately assume checks are going to bounce and they're not accepted. Back then, a check was taken almost instantly, and you the uh, credit would be available to you. Um, you better hope it doesn't bounce because then you owe whatever credit you used. <laughs> yeah. Well, on top of that, it's like, um, you know, he had the money and it was in Alan Pegg's and Bud's name. Alan said he had created that when Bud was born, doubled it by putting in a nickel. And now there's 25,000, but you know, for a grant, Bud would have to apply for it. It would come to him. They would give him a check. He would put it in the bank and they could audit him and see, okay, what was the spent on? And in the end, he said, he'll just pay for it himself. You know, and so he is going to he owes the, somebody... he owes the grant money that they gave him as wow. well as what he's going to pay for himself. So you were talking about mm-hmm. your student loans. Okay. Yeah. Let yeah. me tell you, one of the greatest feelings in the world is when you pay the day you pay them off. I'll know about that in like yeah. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt great when I was able to finally do that on my seminary degree, but, um, yeah, so Bud is going to owe a lot of money. Uh, tech, you know, and technically, of course, it's the world with Mary with children. Alan Pick had been prosecuted for that, big time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course, yeah, all that, all that cool stuff disappeared though, really quick. <laughs> oh yeah, and that doesn't work. I looked. I did some little research. That's not how that works. Your 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 stuff gets taken away, but you still owe money because a lot of times it, that stuff depreciates yeah. the yeah. value. Same thing and, with a car uh, being repoed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one other aspect of money in Married with Children I can think of at the moment, and that is gambling. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm specifically thinking about the uh, pool sharks uh, thing where... Uh, where She's curious uh, and blood. Kelly's... Yeah, Jesus. Oh, thank blood. you. Hey, everything looks like noodles in here. <laughs> What's up, Dracula? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I just, just need to keep something. the brain wet. How's about the boulevard? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, like gambling, I totally would believe a prequel to Married with Children to show that Al won that house in Vegas or something. Because that would fit yeah. his character. Like, I, I won it on a card show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, and he did make some money in a, in one of the um, early episodes with Steve. The poker game. Mm-hmm. He did do oh, that. Yeah. He bet on a horse one time, and he won some money. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of going to the yeah. track, which, Russell, you're near the Chicago area. Um, it's probably not the same, but back then, back in the 80s to 90s, the dog and horse 
Especially the dog tracks. That was a big thing in yeah, Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah, this Hawthorne race course. I don't know if it's still open today, but yeah. I hope not. Like, I mean, horse racing, that's one thing. They treat those horses better than people, but dog racing, mm, so bad. But yeah, like I always hear about that. Going out to the tracks. Mm-hmm. Right, like we lost, I lost my whole paycheck, all five dollars at the track last night. Like, you know, I meet these. <clears throat> I mean, some people like go to the casinos around here. We got a ton of them here in Oklahoma. I know they're everywhere. I hear people say, "Yeah, I won eighty thousand dollars in blackjack," or "I won." Well, maybe not eighty thousand, but maybe eight thousand, and or I won. I was about to say, yeah. that's, that's clean or it up right 2000 there. doing this. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to try that. But they always say, never gamble with money. You don't want to lose. And I don't feel like I can lose any of it. If your only experience with casinos is watching them on movies or TV, and you're judging people like, how can people just put their money away like that? Blah, 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 blah. Spend one afternoon in a casino. Well, just yeah. try it. It'll, your money will vanish. Well, remember when the, they ran off to Vegas, Mar- uh, Marcy and Peg. I mean, they were broke within minutes. And oh, Al, yeah. Goes, yeah, like yeah. And Al went out works. there, and he was run right on Kelly, and then she blew it after a while. I mean, they were broke in minutes, and that happens to a lot of people. <clears throat> mm-hmm. it's, a great, it's a great television <clears throat> destination for a sitcom to show people either winning a lot of money or more likely losing a lot very quickly because you can do it like literally when you roll up two seconds later empty. And that's only a tiny bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I went to Vegas about five or six years ago. I didn't do any gambling. I was going to sightseeing. I was oh, seeing yeah. this, uh, Madame Tussauds museum. I went up the strip and I visited them. Um... Well, it's all family friendly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I want to I want to go to Vegas from the seventies from all the movies I've seen where literally there are hookers and cocaine <laughs> all over the place. And <laughs> well, and the thing is, I, like, my favorite part was actually going to the Grand Canyon tour. <laughs> you missed you yeah. the Grand Canyon. I thought that was nice. <laughs> I looked at it. See all the people jumping into it who lost yeah. all their money in Vegas. <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful sight. And then to circle it? back yeah. through the horse Bye. racing, ah. there are actual um, off off track betting places around Chicago. And oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. It was Cap- it was Capone City back then, and it still kind of is in a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. I was. Chi- I, I love Chicago. It's very colorful, but it's. It's got it's got some CD under. I haven't been there in a while, but in about ten years or so. But uh, I remember when I got to tell you this: when I was visiting Chicago, um, I remember downtown, and I was passing by this uh, bar place, and there was a guy out there playing on his saxophone, and he was good. And I thought to myself, "Oh yes." Well, he starts playing "Love and Marriage." 
And <gasps> at that point, I thought, okay, I've given him five bucks. And I went up to him. I said, oh, dude, he probably plays it like a million does. times a day and gets dumbass yeah. tourists to give yeah. him money. And I went right up to him. I said, you got $5 because you just played the theme to my favorite TV show. And he said, yeah, Married with Children, Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't bring it up, but oh, well, I'll just do it real quickly. When Seven sneezed <laughs> and Peggy was at first oh. attached to him, she took the mortgage money to take him to all the doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all Thirteen different doctors. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, you just – okay, I think I found the last thing to close out the podcast on. All right. So the the Peggy – the Bundy the, – the Peggy's – the Bundy's are so – so depressed for money that they've actually evolved secondary factorial senses oh. for it. In the episode, Steve and Marcy, when they press that uh, note to their door, and Peg's like, Do you smell that? It smells like bigger than a 10. <laughs> I smell <laughs> <money>. <laughs> and, not, and, and I, I know, like, not just when she knows the denominations. <laughs> She wasn't familiar with the denomination. That was the thing. Of course, Bud and uh, Al couldn't smell it, but... Oh, of course, they're the Bundy yeah, men. They uh, never uh, have it. <laughs> yeah. It seems there was another um, example of that where Al is always afraid whenever he does fall into money. He was trying to buy that fishing pole, and he was trying to hide it from Peggy. And uh-huh. He's afraid Peggy. And Peggy found his box, you know. Where he put all the money to, to put in for a new car, right uh, yeah. in the backyard. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, you know I hate to say it, but I think I knew a little bit of a real life Alan Peg Bundy. Uh, it was about ten or twelve years ago. I knew this guy working at a bus garage, and uh, he and his wife liked to spend a lot of money. The problem was they didn't like paying their bill. They're always getting phone calls from bill collectors. Mm. And um, it, it was the wife who wanted to spend all the money on going to trips and things like that. And he went along with it. You know, I thought to myself, it's the real life Alan Begg right in front of me. Well, hopefully next uh, podcast we have, uh, we may have somebody already lined up. Chris Gutter oh, yeah. was very interested. So hopefully the next mm-hmm. Patreon can come in. And we just ask uh, any listeners out there, if uh, you're a Patreon member, to reach out to um, Tyler, me, or Luigi. And we'll absolutely. Do. Or any of the, or any of the uh, Married with Children podcast uh, hosts or thing, they'll direct, they'll direct us to your way. Russell, thank you very much for joining us. I just wanted to say that out. And we'll have thank you, you for having me. We can have you on again sometime in the future. Oh yeah, you're gonna be our Chicago like uh, experts that we're gonna like talk to. Like, hey, is this real? Like, <laughs> and then you can go to the house and bro- we can broadcast live from the house. I guess you could say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All of you guys out there, um, just a little note right now. It, it, Yep. All right. So I am Tyler. I'm Stephen. And I'm Russell. Ask the rich man, he'll confess. Money can't buy happiness. Ask the poor man, he don't doubt. But he'd rather be miserable with than without if you spend it. Please be wiser. If you save it, you're a miser. You don't want it. 
your cuckoo. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. 